Hello and welcome to the Queen Core Podcast. I am your host, Carolyn King. With the rise in spirituality in an unstable world, there's a new focus on a power known as the Divine Feminine, Goddess and Queen energies, especially on social media. Hashtag Queen. People are connecting in with the confidence and the power that this stands for, which is often at odds with the world that we live in. However, this queen energy is not just for the ladies. It's not about gender identity or biological sex, but ancient empowering energies that predate language itself. It's both strong and vulnerable all at once. So by exploring this rise in the so-called Insta goddess, we discuss how this impacts on music industry professionals and their lives. Let's welcome the goddess in. This week's guest is Dr. Lucy O'Brien, a writer, academic and broadcaster. In 2020, she co-authored the Amazon bestseller, It Takes Blood and Guts, with Skin, the lead singer of Skunk and Nancy, and published a special 25th anniversary edition of her book, Shebop, the definitive history of women in popular music. She is author of Dusty, the classic biography, and Madonna, Like an Icon, which was translated into 13 languages. And she's currently working on a major biography of Karen Carpenter, due out in 2023. She is course leader at University of West London and she writes for Mojo, Sunday Times and The Guardian. Let's meet Lucy and welcome the goddess in. So this is a big question, but what does spirituality mean to you? So spirituality, let's go for it. I mean, I would say it's the energy that pulsates through the universe, basically. And some people um, call it religion. Uh, kind of incarnate it as as various forms of religion but to me um spirituality is is kind of the term for that energy you know that flowing energy that life force the force of creation the force of birth yeah in a nutshell that's it great great at the moment the divine feminine is getting a lot of press <laughs> as you know um, and it's, as you know, it's all about accessing a spiritual place where you can feel confident, empowered and also safe to be vulnerable as well. Um, if you look at Instagram, hashtag queen, hashtag goddess, they're all referring to this this energy. Um, phrases like she's a total queen, he's a queen, they're a goddess. What does this mean for you? I think it's a lovely term and it's something I know my daughter's generation, I mean she's 17 and my daughter's generation call each other queens and it it has lots of different uses you know I mean it's used in gay culture as well. For me personally queen I was thinking about this before the podcast today actually and I, I was thinking for me personally it's about um, one's identity, feminine identity in the world. And it's um, one's material self in the world and your sense of power and your sense of agency about who you are. Amazing. Yeah. And have you personally used that? And do you think in your own life, in your career? Yeah, I would say um, I've used it to be assertive to consciously make my own choices in life, even if it's not the most popular route, Mm -hmm. even if it might risk disapproval, 
uh, particularly from the patriarchy. You know, it's about not pleasing the patriarchy, basically, and making your decisions in a way that's in tune with your instincts and what you feel is right and in a way that's personally empowering and also empowering for those around you as well. I would say uh, living, living like a queen in, in a way in my life has been about pursuing the things I love, you know, pursuing music, writing, making music, kind of my friendships with women and my work, which has really focused on female performers and also women working in the music industry. That's kind of been the channel for that sort of energy. And I see it as a source of strength. And it's like, you know, a bank. I can say that as you get older, um, speaking of someone who's a little bit older, that this energy, if you respect it and you trust it, it builds and builds and builds. Have you got any specific examples of of how you've utilised that in your life? I suppose one example might be in my early career, you know, my early 20s when I was breaking into music journalism I felt very nervous walking into the offices of NME um, because then it was a very male-dominated office women were kind of discouraged from writing about music or not taken seriously so I really had to take a deep breath and enter that space on my terms as well fair enough you could enter that space if you sort of adopted a male disguise if you know what I mean and you wrote in a way that was acceptable but I was bringing feminist ideas in there and I knew it was going to ruffle some feathers and I knew I would probably encounter a bit of opposition having to push through certain things like um, pushing for more female artists to be covered in the in the magazine for them to be given greater prominence greater feature space the way Women were interviewed, kind of bringing a feminist subtext into it. I think those those were examples of, of, of kind of using the Queen. So it's kind of about negotiating the networks of power. Mm-hmm. And, and even if it feels intimidating, don't be intimidated by it. You know, take those steps. You know, think it through. Don't, don't, um, I suppose if I was giving advice to younger women, I'd say, you can take all those steps. Just just look at the lie of the land first. Work out what work out what you're going to do, and then go for it. I suppose queen behaviour is like you. You're aware that you're not in your comfort zone, and sometimes you know not always, but sometimes it's good to take a step outside your comfort zone and stretch your reality. And once you've done that, you realise it's not as frightening as you thought it was. And, you know, my fear was of being rejected or not taken seriously. Or I I found that actually, you know, on the other side of that, there were quite a few guys on the paper who were really wanted more women to to write for the paper. They wanted, you know, more of that feminine um, perspective, Mm. feminist perspective as well. You know, there were were many who were really into feminism. So including some of the... editors and section editors so it it sort of opened a door you know the fact that I did that did open a door Um, and I'm not saying oh I'm so great I opened the door for all these other women to come in but it kind of did help create these ideas were were being introduced into the music press you know slowly changing the music press yeah fantastic in terms of the women that you've written about in your wonderful books which have taught me all I know (laughs) (laughs) 
Are there are there any specific people in in those books who you think really embody this queen energy? Yes, I mean, I because you you asked an interesting question as well about goddess, and and do, I don't know whether you you make a distinction between the two, or uh, if you want me to talk about queen and then what I think of as goddess. I would love to hear your distinction between them. Yeah, yeah. when I when I think about Shebok, so Shebok to me is a great example of I see her as um having you know she's like a person. And uh, she embodies something and she has a life of her own. And, and I kind of treat her like that. I actually think she's a goddess. You know, she's out there in the world. <laughs> so I suppose the difference between queen and goddess. So queen is is very much, I don't want to use words like secular because that's kind of feels like a patriarchal word. But um, queen is how you are in the world. It's more a, a kind of, it's it's reality made manifest in the world and it's a lot to do with your identity and your personality and and negotiating power and systems of power. Whereas I think the goddess is larger than that. You know, the goddess is that energy is very elemental mm-hmm. and it's an expression of that spiritual energy that I talked about at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the thing that pulsates through the universe. So when I apply that to Shebop and I think of all the women I've interviewed, I would say that in Every woman I interviewed in her own way was a queen, whether she was a performer or working in, in A&R or working in the marketing department or had taken that step, the step that I talked about, about going into a space. Because for so long it was space that was very managed by men and male energy. Yep. So that if you went in there as a female performer, it was very hard to kind of do it on your own terms and resist resist being kind of molded in their gaze and molded and marketed in in you know it, it took very unique women to to navigate through that and um with their own vision so most of the I would say pretty much all the women that I interviewed I would consider queens the ones that I would consider goddesses now that's a bit different that's more rare because and it's an instinctive thing and so for instance the person who popped into my mind first was Miriam McCaber you know who um uh South African uh artist who was a huge voice in the anti-apartheid movement and I remember interviewing her this was in the 90s when I was working first working on the book she was a troubled soul she she'd had a she'd had a hard life but there was there was a look in her eye and there was a wisdom about her where it was almost like she was seeing beyond everything. She died not long after that interview. But I would say that she was channeling something. And part of it was the suffering that she'd been through mm-hmm. that enabled her to kind of... It was like she 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 was embodying history, you know, of, of her country and, and, and um, what it was like being a woman in that country and being a performer. Other people, I think, who have that goddess energy. I worked with Skin from Skunk Anansi on her memoir, and she had it's a different kind of goddess energy, but it's very transformational. I remember someone saying, a friend of hers who I interviewed, who said, the thing about skin is when you go to a live performance, she kind of lifts you up because she's going through the process herself. She's kind of going through a transformational process every time she performs live. And then you feel transformed too. 
And I think it's because, and she talked about this in her book, that there were there were a lot of obstacles she had to overcome just to be who she wanted to be and some really tricky, difficult parts that had to be negotiated as part of her life and her life story. So it's kind of going back to that thing of suffering, but going through the suffering and expressing not just one's own self, but expressing a collective self. You know, I think that's what the goddess is about. It's kind of about, but not just um, collective, it's a collective woman's self. Yeah. Yeah. Skin is is just everything. Like for me, seeing skin on top of the pops as a a young (laughs) young girl in my mum's living room in Glasgow watching, yeah, watching skin perform. I always, always remember when she did the duet with Bjork. Oh, yes. Um, Yes. I think it was like, 90 something (laughs) and they did the Bjork track Army of Me and I remember just being like shook (laughs) forever there were apparently loads of complaints lots of lots of parents rang the BBC to complain you know that skin had been scaring their children (laughs) I mean that's unbelievable and I mean in these yeah in these spiritual terms it's it's because she's exhibiting warrior and vulnerability all at once and it was too much for for the BBC and we're at this really interesting point in music right now I think in terms of hip-hop there are Mm. a lot of um, women coming forward Um, it's been quite a misogynistic genre up to date and what are your thoughts on women who are presenting a very sort of sexual image right now I'm thinking Megan Thee Stallion Cardi Mm. B Mm. who are really owning that and and selling that in hip-hop oh it's a complicated one isn't it I'm not going to be very popular here but I mean I'm uh, I suppose I'm quite old school in old school second wave feminist in that I just think I remember one of the first one of the early slogans of the women's liberation movement was don't make money for the man Mm. And I kind of feel there's a bit of that going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand, you know, how it feels empowering and everything to present a really sexual image. To me, it really distracts, for instance, with Megan the Stallion. She's a great MC, and it kind mm-hmm. of distracts from her skills as an MC. And the same with Nicki Minaj. We don't get a really clear picture of her word skills or the reason why a lot of those hip-hop pioneers like Roxanne Chante, MC Light, who had such verbal dexterity and fantastic rhymes. And actually, that's what hip-hop's about. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of takes away from the artistry. I understand the argument about um, empowerment, absolutely. But it does feel very a very cliched kind of... It feels... It just, I just feel uneasy because I think it's the patriarchy again. Yeah, kind of talking through, and also I suppose uh, I always think it's really important to look at the team around someone and who's actually creating the visual imagery. And uh, Megan The Stallion and also Nicki Minaj, the uh, video director, is a guy called is it Colin Tilly? He's he's a white male commercials director who's right. made at least two hundred videos for the music industry. I kind of think, well, you know, it's his eye behind the camera and it's him storyboarding this. Mm -hmm. So I I just think it's really important to look at the apparatus around, you know, who's creating the imagery and, and, you know, how empowering really is it? 
just wanted to say, you know, uh, talking about hip hop, I didn't want to give the impression that I thought all women in hip hop were necessarily selling themselves in a sexual way because I think there's there's so many great um, hip hop female hip hop artists who are doing really interesting innovative you know I, I do think hip-hop's right at the edge of that really innovative part of um, music um, and artists like Shy Girl I mean she's doing amazing stuff amazing beats and electronic um, weaving this kind of electronic texture into her hip-hop and Little Sims you know yeah. and, and there's so many women that are doing great stuff and and when when you know when I talk, I, it's not that I'm saying Nicki Minaj or Megan The Stallion or Cardi B have got it wrong, but I just see that as the more much more pop salesman saleswomanship mm-hmm. end, and it's kind of it, it's more difficult territory really. It, mm-hmm. Maybe in terms of the, the goddess energy, you, you can't you can't barter with goddess energy. It just comes through, and you have to let it come through. You know you. You, you can't sell it. Yeah. Um, in terms of the Grammys this year, best rock category, it was all women, right? What are your thoughts on where rock music is at right now? So remind me who, who won. Uh, so I think Fiona Apple won for her recent album. Yes, yes. But there was really young artists in there like Phoebe Bridgers. Yes, yes. In terms of rock music, I think it, that we, we are going into a really interesting phase. Actually, I would say Fiona Apple is um, one of those artists who has that goddess energy. Again, it goes back to that story of kind of suffering. Not, not that you have to say, oh, woe is me, mm. but it's kind of owning your experience and turning that into part of what you do. And I think she's done that really successfully. Yeah, so so I think in terms of rock music and where it intersects with pop music, you know, someone like Lana Del Rey as well, mm-hmm. I think there's some really, really strong, expressive work being done, really great stuff. Yeah, so, so for you, that sort of queen goddess, divine feminine is about being expressive, not being afraid to express? Yes, yes, absolutely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of my key questions for, for Shebop, every question, every person I've interviewed, uh, uh, I've asked, how do you express yourself? Because I, I do feel it's, it's, it's about expressing something that comes from right inside, that's not too filtered. Yeah, you've spoke about, yep, some women, some women who you think embody this. Can you think of any, any men or, or maybe non-binary people who you think also embody this? Now, I do think Anoni really embodies actually the goddess because she is, a lot of her work is kind of referencing uh, kind of ecological ideas mm-hmm. and the environment and, the, and, and, and kind of expresses the goddess in, in nature. I think Arca actually, as a, a kind of Latinx woman, and I love the way that she's charted her journey you know, of transformation over the course of her music. You know, I see that as a very goddess thing to do. The last three albums, you you get a real sense of that journey and that sequence of moving from one state of being to another state of being. Yeah. And it really expresses that. Yeah, I mean, she's worked with, with Bjork again. Yes. She's coming up yes. again and again, Bjork. Do you yes. think Bjork is a, a goddess? 
Yes, I do. I do. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, she's always plugged into kind of quite a deep, almost, I'd say quite a pagan tradition, that Icelandic tradition. And she's brought that right to the centre of her music. And also uh, with, with albums like Biophilia, really plugged into nature and the power of nature as well, making that really a central part of her work. Yeah, it's, it's incredible thematically. Yes. Yeah, looking at things like crystal patterns. And yeah, what I really loved about that is that she also turned it into a sort of education tool for um, schools in Iceland. Yeah. Um, so not only is she, you know, talking about these issues in a vulnerable way, but she's actually educating as well. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, for me, that's total goddess. Of course, you wrote the book on Madonna like an icon yeah. <laughs> what about madonna yes yeah, so i think madonna madonna is goddess energy i think there's a lot of ego in there but i think she's kind of made that part of a, her statement saying yes i'm going to use my ego but only to to really um make a statement about not being held back and not worrying about approval and not worrying about male approval um, I suppose what I also like about her is the is her naming. You know, she uses words like patriarchy and feminism, mm-hmm. and she uses them very confidently and unapologetically, and um, and is not afraid of bringing you know conceptual elements into her work. But also at the same time, she she creates a really powerful narrative for every single album that she does. Mm-hmm. Each week, I'll be bringing you Queen Core's very own Queen Scope. This will be discussing what's going on in the universe and what might affect you and your energy. This week, there's a full moon and it's going to be fairly intense. Pluto will be in Capricorn, which means that you'll be able to see things very clearly. However, the full moon means that everything is amplified, so just be careful not to react in ways that you may later regret. During the full moon, it's a really good time for conclusions of things, but because of the intensity, do try and rest and let the Queen chill out. Now back to my chat with Lucy. What are your thoughts on Britney Spears? That's really difficult. I think goddess energy, yeah, you know, sometimes it's complicated, isn't it? Because we would like to feel as women that we can be empowered in a really straightforward way and we can empower ourselves. And sometimes um, the obstacles are too great, you know, whether it's a family background or mental health or problems with addiction or, you know, there might be any number of reasons where your own goddess power is, is muted or it's kind of obstructed. And I think Brittany is a really good example of that. She's had so many obstacles placed in her way. But at the same time, you know, she really went for it as a child star and as a teenager, really pushed and pushed and pushed to, to, to get to the top of the tree. And she did. It's really tricky because I think um, she was under such intense, channeled through such intense marketing the Mickey Mouse Club, the you know the major label music industry, the way it operates, and I just feel as a female performer, it's very difficult to kind of go through that mangle and come out the other side all in one piece. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you just look at so many pop artists who have kind of been through that process and, and end up a bit battered. Again, we come back to this thing of 
it might seem empowering if you're, you know, you're doing the really sexy videos and everything, but then you feel, I mean, that's what that whole argument was between Sinead O'Connor and um, Miley Cyrus, wasn't it? Sinead was saying, don't let yourself be, I mean, she said, don't let yourself be pimped by the industry. Um, And Miley Cyrus didn't understand what she was and thought she was just, you know, being, yeah, dictatorial and, and, but I think she realises what what Sinead was trying to say to her. She's so interesting, Miley. Yeah, she's really taken on the rock genre as a, as a main genre now. And I really think her, her choice of cover versions recently have been very interesting. I, I think Miley is a great example of someone who, like Britney, you know, it was the Mickey Mouse, was it Mickey Mouse cover? Yeah, she went yeah. through that machine anyway and got through it all, came through the other side. And now there's a real sort of looseness about her energy. She's much more relaxed in the world. And she is a fantastic live performer. You know, she's just singing what she loves. She's not trying too hard now. I, I remember seeing her perform, because country, you know, country's really her yeah. thing, performing Jolene. And it was so powerful. I thought, yeah, that's it. You've got it now. You've got it now. Mm-hmm. I think, I suppose it goes back to what I'm saying in the beginning about uh, goddess energy, energy, spiritual energy. Um, it's something that builds over time if you let it. Yeah. And that's why I think a lot of female performers don't really hit that point until they're in their 30s. Yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah, and Brit- Brittany again, yeah, is a great example. So lastly, I've got some some names to give you um, to see if to for you to consider if you think they are queen or goddess energy and why or why not rather. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so first of all, um, polystyrene. Oh my gosh, absolute goddess energy absolute goddess energy i mean now she's recognized as one of the main architects of punk along with the sex pistols and the clash she really did help create punk yeah brian Molko from placebo i would say a kind of queen energy i love his playing with gender gender and representation and the music to me he kind of really embodies that bisexual energy that david bowie really pioneered as well know he's kind of in that tradition yeah in a way that's kind of using a lot of the feminine within would you would you argue the same for someone like mark bolin yes yes actually yeah similar in that kind of quite peacock yeah way you know that was a really great um thing to come out in the 70s we're very good at that in the uk particularly yeah. you know, quite theatrical um playing with gender yeah they've really opened the doors absolutely mm. little nas x yeah, again, I think bringing in that feminine energy, I think, you know, there's a real strain of hip-hop that is so powerful once once they let in sort of more female energy, yeah. sensitivity and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen that with kind of subgenres like cloud rap, mm-hmm. um, where it's almost mystical and not being afraid to be a bit mystical or spiritual. Yeah, interesting. Well, that was my last question. So thank you so much for all your wonderful insights onto this topic. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. After speaking to Lucy, it's crazy to think that two women performing in a rock style was so shocking as recently as the 1990s. These women were showing us all how to connect with our inner elemental queen 
and they broke the mould in terms of how we can express power. And to this day, it's still a performance that we can learn from. Next week, we will hear from author, broadcaster, musician and visual artist Zoe Howe. Until then, keep releasing your queen. The Queen Core podcast has been co-produced and presented by me, Carolyn King, co-produced and edited by Helena Rufai, with music by The Vantees. Thank you.